Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Hello, everyone. Welcome in again. Like I said, my name is Jonathan Terry. I am the host of Not Gonna Lie podcast. We have a great show for you today recapping everything that happened in week seven uh some of the craziest finishes uh we've seen and, and especially leading with the uh the ending of the sunday night football game here that just ended uh, but great show we got a a great guest graham farrell comes on to talk uh, but without further ado let's get into it we now welcome on a very special guest a recurring guest of the program multiple time uh guest it's graham farrell graham thank you so much for for taking the time to talk with me yeah, JT, I always enjoy coming on, man. I'm just glad you had me on again so I can talk football to somebody besides my girlfriend. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, you're welcome on any time, but I'm especially glad to have you on after probably one of the, if not the wildest game of the season so far. Overtime game between the Cardinals and the Seahawks, and, and you said it before, Russell Wilson had the ball twice in overtime, couldn't get it done, uh, and the Cardinals, who many people thought were kind of the, the favorite coming into it as, as a dark horse contender. Um, and I hate, I hate when, when that happens because you know, there's like some sort of curse going on, but the Cardinals sitting at five and two have now beaten the 49ers and the Seahawks. I mean, they have to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Uh, what have you seen from the Cardinals uh, maybe tonight or maybe so far this season that you've really liked? Uh, well, first off, I think Cliff Kingsbury kind of proved the haters wrong, the doubters, you know, that were pissed off when they hired him that, you know, he couldn't coach in college. He gets to the NFL. I mean, you know what he is. He's an offensive guru. That's just what he is. Um, my t- I think the Cardinals are, are legit. I think they're a contender. They're going to be here for a long time. Their offensive line has to get better, though. They're, you know, that's their biggest. But, but Kyler takes away having to have a good offensive line because he's so good with his feet and he's quick. I mean, he's the. He's like a, the fat, it would be the fastest running back in the NFL. I mean, he's he's so quick. Um, but I also took away that opposite of Patrick Peterson, there really isn't a second guy on the team. I mean, Patrick Peterson, I believe, shadowed DK Metcalf tonight, mm-hmm. and DK, you know, had two catches, one catch for seven yards. Yeah, um, his tackle was important. But opposite of Patrick Peterson, if Drake Kirkpatrick, your next guy, you might be in trouble because Tyler Lockett had. Was it 14 receptions? For yeah, 14 yards? for 189 and three, and three touchdowns. Absolutely insane. So, I mean, that's like an all-time stat right there, fantasy football-wise. So, you know, whoever's playing opposite of Peterson is uh, – yeah, they got to get somebody opposite of Peterson. Otherwise, Cardinals are legit. I mean, great defense. Uh, Kyler makes up for having a bad offensive line, and you have weapons all over the field. You may lose Kenyon Drake, but I, I'm not the one – you know, Chase Edmonds may be better. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, okay. So I want to go through uh, the last couple of sequences, key points in my mind. Um, we'll just touch on here a little bit. They were kind of uh, game changers. So the first one is before the Cardinals even get the ball to take that drive, that would have been the, the game tying field goal that forced it to overtime. They ran the ball three times with Carlos Hyde on that last drive. They burned a minute, 40 seconds of clock. First play, Russell Wilson runs nine yards. Uh, and, and they, that's the perfect spot, obviously, like they mentioned in the broadcast, cause you get two yards, you get a first down, the clock continues to move. But right after that three straight runs for Carlos Hyde. I mean, this whole let Russ cook movement has been centered around getting the ball into Russ's hands into key moments. I mean, I believe that whoever he threw the ball to, I mean, it probably would have been Tyler Lockett the way he was playing, or if he, if he ran with it, um, that, that they're going to make something happen. But 
I don't like the move on that third and two to hand the ball off to Carlos Hyde. I mean, is there, is there any, anything that makes sense to it? Uh, not really, especially when Carlos Hyde isn't the guy. I mean, Chris Carson's the guy. He was just hurt. Uh, Carlos Hyde's been like a up and down back for his, you know, six, seven year NFL career at this point. And you have the best quarterback probably in football right now. Uh, yeah, you keep the ball in his hands. You let him either get out of the box, you know, make plays with his feet, make a play with his arm. You just got to let Russell, Russ cook, like you said, man. I mean, he, he's who he is. We know who Russell Wilson is. You got to keep the ball in his hands in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is that, I mean, you, you can't trust the Seahawks defense. They let, they've let they let multiple teams go for – have big games against them. I mean, the Cardinals scored 37 here. Um, and, and it really comes down to, you know, or, or so we thought that – that if the ball is in Russ's hands at the end of the game, that they're that they're going to come out with a win. So the next key moment I want to talk about is Cliff Kingsbury's uh, experience. I mean, I don't even know what you really call it, experiment or, or whatever he was trying to do uh, in the first their first kick in overtime. Now, obviously, Zane Gonzalez made the second one um, uh, and won it for him. Uh, you know, there there was a little miscommunication with the play clock, but second and fifteen, you run the ball a couple times, get a little closer. I mean, forty yards is not a gimme at all. Uh, why, yeah. why, why would do you think they went for, for a field goal in that situation? I don't know. I think Cliff is relatively new to big games like that. Like, I don't think he's had, you know, a game with that magnitude in his NFL career yet. And I think he just wanted to, I think he, you know, you get in the bright lights and you're like, man, I want this to be over with. I want to get out of here. I want to get a win. I want to get out of here. I mean, Zane, you know, he's been an accurate kicker all year. What has he missed? Two kicks in the last two, like year and a half. I mean, he's like a, been an amazingly accurate kicker. So you think from 40, he's probably good. But I'm with you. I'd probably run a couple more plays. I think that's Cliff's biggest game in his NFL career yet. And he wanted to get out. You know, he's like, let's beat the undefeated Seahawks. Let's get out of here. You know, let's go home. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I think you run the ball a couple more times instead of taking a Kyler Murray five-yard loss. And then, I don't know, the whole, and then the play clock almost ran out. It just seemed like everything kind of went wrong in the last – then that 30-second time frame. Mm -hmm. yeah I for me there was half a sense of like okay how about we run another play now we had we basically essentially iced our kicker so let's get the defense back out there it's still second and 15 or the offense back out there still second and 15 we can still run a couple more plays um but that that's kind of how we've seen the Seahawks games go you know it's been a missed field goal or just a missed opportunity by the other team the Vikings um not being able to convert on a fourth and one with an Alexander Madison run and so then you know we're like all right this is it the Seahawks have won they left the door open but your guy, Isaiah Simmons, who only played six defensive snaps in the entire game, which is something we can talk about if you want to as well, comes up with the, uh, the big interception that not only uh, keeps the Seahawks from scoring, but puts the Cardinals in a really good chance to score as well. Um, absolutely massive play. But the big question is, why is a guy, a top 10 draft pick, versatile linebacker, safety corner, wherever you want to put him, only get on the defensive side of the ball for six plays? He's positionless. He's good at a lot of things. He's not great at any of them. And it's it's hard to play a guy that can't cover running backs out of the backfield right now. Like the NFL speed, I think he's having trouble adjusting to the collegiate to the NFL speed. That step is so much quicker. And it's not that he's he's probably the, one of the quicker linebackers in the NFL. But I, I think he's struggling with the speed, the, the coverages. I, I think even with the playbook, like it took him a while to, to be good in Clemson's defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brent Venables is intense playbook but I think in time Isaiah Simmons once he finds a position you know whether it's safety whether it's a linebacker whether he's playing with a hand on the ground he'll be fine but it's yeah he's not good right now he is going to take him time and I know you're not supposed to like when with a top 10 pick you don't ever want to give them time they should be good right away but I think he's a guy that's going to take a little bit of time to be good but he came up with a big play which could change his career forever right 
I mean, that's kind of like a momentum changer in your career as a rookie. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe only going up from here. Yeah, and I mean, even to have him on the field in a position to make a play like that is big too, considering he had so so many few snaps. But I mean, I thought it was a great job. Vance Joseph, they, they kind of talked about in the broadcast, but his use of of masking blitzes um, and sending that slot corner on what looked like a zero blitz. I mean, it, he simply outsmarted Russell Wilson because obviously, like we've mentioned, you know, the Seahawks have a bad offensive line, but Russell Wilson has been able to be so elusive. And when he isn't sent these exotic um blitzes even when he is he's normally able to decipher it but you know he was throwing uh fakes after fakes in terms of getting after the quarterback so i mean great great job by him um fantastic game all the way around it was a ton of fun uh, like most seahawks games are they they don't know how to win normally they don't know how to blow teams out or get blown out they just like to keep it within a touchdown just to keep us on our toes so great game there uh before we get into the rest of these games because we've got a lot to talk about still I want to take a moment uh, and and let this be a safe place, a place where we can complain about fantasy. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say one of my um, unfortunate mishaps because I think we're turning into uh, a fantasy football podcast. So it's uh, I, we're we're streaming live on TikTok right now, and that's a lot of the content from TikTok. So I think that people want to hear uh, fantasy football. So we, we may have to start talking about it more. But my biggest regret today, um, I started DJ Chark over Deontay Johnson. Uh, and right now I'm projected to lose by, I think it was 12 points. And that difference was, was 20 points. So I'm, I'm hurting a little bit. I'm beating myself up. I mean, you can't go back and change the past, but that's my heartbreak of the day. That's what I'm mad about um, in terms of, of fantasy football. Do you, Graham, do you have any, anything that you, I mean, we talked about before, but do you have anything specific oh, you'd like to mention? Oh yeah. I got a couple of gripes. Well, so uh, sleeper, I don't know if you ever know what the sleeper app is, but it's the greatest dynasty fantasy football app ever. Um, and they sent a notification Aaron Jones was out on Saturday. Well, I woke up this morning to a notification that Aaron Jones was dressing and he was playing. So I was like, well, I'm not going to start Jamal Williams. So I pulled Jamal Williams out, put DJ Chark in. So I'm with you on DJ Chark because Jamal Williams, obvious player with DJ Chark in that situation. And 105 hits. I just got back from my two-mile run, and I was like, oh, crap. I started DJ Chark instead of Jamal Williams because I got a sleeper notification Aaron Jones is playing. Also, the Titans not giving an injury designation to Jonu Smith and letting him play uh, was kind of BS because he played like, what, 12 snaps today? Mm -hmm. I mean, no injury designation for him at all, and I started him, and that's going to be the difference in my fantasy league. So I'm the highest scorer in the league by 50 points, and I'm in second last place. So, yeah, the struggles of fantasy football are real. Yeah, and this – yeah, the league that I messed it up in is uh, where I started 5-0 – it's a it's a, a big league, a big money league for me, at least for a college student, you know, 50, 50 bucks. So I started five and oh, but Miles Sanders went down um, and I've been kind of dealing with bye weeks all clumped together. So if I can make it through these next two weeks unscathed, I think I'll be OK. But for right now, I'm I'm living in a tough moment. And another thing that I'm mad about before we move on is, like I said, I'm a college student. So I'm watching these games. You know, I'm streaming all the games I'm watching. Um, and this one's specific and I'm going to clip this. So, so I can tag him in it and hopefully get an apology, but uh, I'm at it at, at big cat because I have his tweet notifications on because I'm a big fan. Love, love to hear what he has to say, but every time uh, something big happens, I just inadvertently look at my phone and I get a tweet notification from big cat. And it's like, you know, whatever, whatever happened. Like I saw, I knew Zane Gonzalez made the kick for overtime before it went in. And I knew that, Matthew Stafford threw that game-winning touchdown to TJ Hawkinson before it happened. So I'm a little mad at Big Cat right now. He's he's spoiled like, like obviously it was good moments and exciting moments, but I lost that like luster 
of, of in the moment being able to watch it happen. So big count, if you could wait 30 seconds before you tweet out whatever you're going to tweet out from here on out, that would be greatly appreciated. And, and that's all I'll, I'll, I'll go for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like sick brag though. You have cable, you're 30 seconds ahead of me. Get out of here. Like I'm a streamer too. So yeah. all these people, all these notifications I get from Sleeper, I'm like, oh, sick, Russell Wilson, big play, 45 yards. Cool. I get to see that 30 seconds later. Like, get out of here. I get it. You guys are streaming cable and I'm not. I don't have a cable on my TV. I'm YouTube TV and uh, crackstreams.com. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's the that's the new sponsor. I think we need to reach out to, to them crack streams or see, we got to do something, <laughs> figure that out, but crack streams, baby. Yeah. This is the way to, I don't, I don't think they do that sort of thing to be honest with you, but you know, it is what it is. Um, okay. Let's transition know. here. What's up. I says that you never know. You That's can true. hit a crack streams, grandma stream, sports stream, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. Just, just go, go for all of them. Okay. So some, some big news to talk about here. First off, I want to go with America's team. Um, I'll be honest with you. The hit to that, that Andy Dalton took was dirty. Like it, it wasn't, uh, I mean, there, there was nothing clean about the play. Any way you shake it, John Bostic was intentionally going head hunting and, and um, deserved to be kicked out of the game. But the bigger issue that I really want to focus on is that this is another week where Mike McCarthy's probably going to get bailed out uh, because of a quarterback injury. I mean, keep in mind when they were, when he, when Andy Dalton went out and they brought in, um, Danucci, Ben Danucci, they were down 22 to three. They weren't coming back anyways, even if Dalton played the rest of the game. But this experiment, we have to admit, has failed. The Cowboys are two and five. Yes, they've been hit with a lot of injuries, but they still have a ton of talent on the field. And the fact that you can't even beat the Washington football team, you're third in the NFC East, a division who the division leader is the Eagles, two, four, and one. Uh, and one of their wins, no, both of their, no, just one of their wins have come within the division. I mean, it's, it's, ridiculous i don't understand how mike mccarthy is still the head coach of this team i mean he's got to be god i think if you're jerry jones you got to admit you made a mistake get out of the mistake i mean it's just you just you know it, not unfortunate hit on andy dalton right which reminded me a lot of i don't know if you were kiko alonzo on joe flacco a couple mm. years ago mm -hmm. when joe flacco was like i mean i thought he was dead yeah and um just like you said head hunting right like he finds and i here's a random tidbit for you jt how, get, do you know how much money Vontez Bursvik got fined during his NFL career? I mean, it's got to be in the hundreds of thousands, right? Mil millions. $5.2 million. His net worth is only $12 million. He got fined almost half, half, half of his net worth in fines and hitting people. And he'll never play a snap in the NFL again because of his hit last year on Jack Doyle. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little little tidbit for you there that I looked up with my girlfriend yesterday because I was like showing her he's the reason Antonio Brown will never be the same player. Um, back to the main focus, though, Mike McCarthy has been – I mean, I don't think he was a guy bringing Aaron Rodgers down, but Matt LaFleur has looked great with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's probably time, you know. Mike McCarthy, NFL days over, Chief, right? Like, go have fun, go retire, live in Bozeman, Montana, go fish. Go be Jeff Fisher. Yeah, exactly. He's doing well for himself. But, and that's the thing that I don't really understand is that he was talking up this big game and I talked about it on the, on the campus cover uh, with, with Patty and, and Cody that Mike McCarthy was talking up this big game of like, oh man, I'm, an, I'm into analytics. I'm making all these moves. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to adapt to the new game. Comes to his press conference. Like, yeah, I didn't really do all that stuff. Like in the real world, if I lie on my resume, if I say that this is, you know, the number eight podcasts and sports podcasts and i get a nice job at at you know wherever bleacher report or, or espn because of it and they find out that i lied like i'm getting fired 
right away. Like that's not, I don't understand why like people were okay with this and let this fly. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got the time with the Packers, but he straight up lied. That's really all there is to it. He lied on his resume and got hired by the Cowboys because of it. It's fair. I lied in my interview to get on with student union sports because I had never written a day in my life, but I told him I was a writer. So here we are four years later. But I, I mean, can't can't lie on your resume in the real world. Student Union Sports, uh, it's not – four years ago was not the real world. Now it is. Uh, four years ago it was not. Yeah. Uh, but here we are, JT. We're doing a podcast together. Okay, that lie turned good, okay? Well, that's once-in-a-lifetime lie. Yeah, so, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works out, and other times uh, you are two and five and at the helm of America's team. Um, so, yeah, you know, you just have to – you have to pick it carefully. Choose your spots. Um, yeah. Hopefully he's not on social media because if he ever searches his name on Twitter, he's probably going to want to do harmful things to himself. Well, and here's the thing. I don't know if you know this, but there's actually an NFL agent whose name is Mike McCartney, and he gets all the tweets from people that are pissed at him. (laughs) So every once in a while, I see on my feed where he'll actually respond. He'll be like, look, like there was one, one last week where they're like, sorry, I'm trying to do better. Like get Zeke involved, like a total joke. And then people thought it was the real guy still. And was like, I can't believe he's tweeting during the game. This is disrespectful. Like he needs to be fired immediately. <laughs> so that's just a little, <laughs> a little side piece, but it's so funny. Cause every once in a while, I, I just see it pop up uh, a tweet from Mike McCartney. Um, oh NFL agent. But he's, he's a good sport about it. He he's, he's very, very nice. That is nice. I haven't seen, I've been off social media since like September 28th. Haven't even touched, haven't been on social media, haven't checked Twitter, haven't checked nothing. Shoot. Went cold for the month of October, JT. Let's, well, you're close. You're almost done then. Is it just through October? Yep. Or you? Yep. I did October and uh, no social media for the month of October. Nice. You know, you got to do it, bro. No, it, it's so true. Like, I find myself getting connected and like locked into all these, like, uh, what's going on and, and how my, how my tweets are doing and it's 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 tough to or it's easy to get caught in a, in a little rabbit hole um, yep yep scrolling but it's a twitter's a beautiful thing for sports man mm-hmm. it's the best sports app of all time it is absolutely yeah um okay so now what did the cowboys do at quarterback ben denucci uh, i mean i'm assuming andy dalton doesn't play next week and for you know whoever knows how long i think you pick up the phone i think you call three teams i think you call new orleans then you call the Colts, and I think you call the Jets. You see what you can get for Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett, uh, and and Jameis Winston. Is there another team I'm missing? Because I, I right now those are the three that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, if you're the Jaguars and you were thinking about benching Gardner Minshew, who I think is a stud, I think you give them a call if they're really That's, not yeah. if they don't value him that high. I mean, why not? I don't think Jacoby Brissett's that highly valued in the Colts organization right now. I think he's a good, I think he might be the best out of all of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's a stud, but yeah, if you, but, but here's the thing. It's like, if you're the Cowboys, you're in the position you are now, you're not making the playoffs probably. If you do, you're not winning anything. Do you stick with Danucci? Do you, do you go one in 15? Do you risk lose? Your fan base isn't going, you're not risking mm-hmm. losing a fan base, but you might end up with the number one pick, number two pick. And then does Dak become expendable? I mean, there's so many, there's a domino effect to everything, right? Like yeah. everything has dom- the butter, what do they call it? The butterfly effect. But if, if they go one in 15, if they go two and 14, they could end up with a first pick and end up with Trevor Lawrence. Dak Prescott doesn't sign. Then you have Trevor Lawrence who I'm not a Dak Prescott believer just yet. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's worth the money they're trying to pay him. I don't think any quarterback is like most quarterbacks get overpaid because everyone stresses out about finding the quarterback, but 
I don't know. What do you do? You are you calling to get another quarterback? Are you winning now? Or are you getting the are you getting the higher pick? If you're if you're Jerry Jones, what do you do, JT? So I mean, I'm calling I'm putting the feelers out there. I think if I had to rank based on and I love that addition of Gardner Minshew, and I want to talk about him in a little bit. Um, but I think out of all of these guys, Jameis Winston has to be the priority call. Because you think about what they were asking Dak Prescott to do. And the reason why Dak Prescott has become more valuable, in my opinion, even after injuries, because we see what they are without him. Now, I know they're they're very much injured. The defense is historically bad. Like, they are not good whatsoever. Um, the offensive line is banged up. But you think about a guy who you bring him in there, can take hits, throw for 400 yards, may turn the ball over a couple times. But that's Jameis Winston, right? But in terms of can you get him? I mean, I don't think the Saints are even going to pick up the phone. If they do, they're not taking anything less than a first rounder or a second rounder. But then you get into the next tier of guys, which is which is Brissett, Darnold, and 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 um, Gardner Minshew. And then I think you can can get maybe a late day two, early day three pick for them. Especially, I mean, like you said, um, if the if the Jaguars don't value Minshew, I think that would be a, a great move for them actually if they could go in that direction. But here's the bottom line, and this is why I say you need a quarterback. Is because even if you go with Danucci, even if you just see what happens, I mean, I don't think you're going to lose to the Giants. I think this Eagles game next week is still going to be close because they're missing a lot of guys. Uh, and realistically, I think the first team to win six games wins the NFC East. But who is that going to be? Because I, I cannot give you a team right now that I feel good about to win six games. I mean, the Giants almost beat the Eagles. If they beat the Eagles, then it's um, everybody's separated by half a game. They're already, I think, separated by a game and a half, but it's a whole lot closer. And even like, I, I don't understand why you would tank, I guess, in this situation, because you, you're starting to get some guys back from injury. I think this was Leighton Van Resch's first game. And I know it's unfortunate, but I mean, somebody's got to win that division, you know? And, and I think a quarterback getting them a, a guy, if they can get Minshew, um, really any of those guys, I think that's what puts them over the top in the division. And sure, you're not going to win a lot of games this year, but it keeps the fan base at ease. Um, and But I think McCart uh, McCarthy still has to go. But I think a quarterback really does make a difference. And you don't have to give up a ton of capital for him. Um, but I think I, yeah, I you're not giving up a ton of capital. But like, I, I guess if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm probably waiting on getting the top three pick. Mm -hmm. I think this is a deep draft, which I say every single year. But I, I mean, I just think if you could get it. All right. So would you rather lose in the first round of the playoffs and win five games or get a top three pick? I mean, probably get a top three pick. But here's the thing. I don't think they're guaranteed a top three pick. The Jets are not winning another game this season. The Giants, For sure. the Giants look terrible. I, they, there's a chance they don't win another game this season. Um, going off the top of my head, I mean, the Jaguars, they started they off it, yeah, strong, they're... but they, they've hung in a couple games, but they can't seem to get the job done. Same with the Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow had a great game uh, today, and we, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but they can't close either. I, I think there's, even with, Ben DiNucci as their quarterback, I still think there are five teams realistically that I think uh, will, will win less games than they will. And two of them are, are in their division right now. I respect the hot tip. I think, I don't know anything about DiNucci. I know nothing about the guy. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Like I don't even, I, I don't know where he's from. When he came in today, I like, I, I normally know second through third string quarterbacks. And I was like, I have no idea who DiNucci is. This guy's a total, no idea who he is. Well, who okay. is he? Is he good enough to even be, I mean, Give me the lowdown of Danucci. Is he better than Sam Darnold? He's better oh. than I mean anybody's better than Adam Gase leading. He, if you if there's one person you don't want leading you into a, 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 a pregame speech, it's Adam Gase. Don't mm. ever let him give you a pregame speech. Yeah, he's got to be the worst guy of all time at ruining 100%. talent. All right, so lowdown on Ben Danucci, and I need a fact check on this because I could be absolutely wrong. But 
from what I heard in the broadcast today, because I watched when he took over, uh, uh, quarterback at James Madison was a seventh round pick this year um, and actually led his team to the FCS championship where he lost to Trey Lance last year, North Dakota State. Um, so look, I, I, I think maybe you give him a shot next week, but realist, if they beat the Eagles next week, they're winning the division. Uh, and I keep, I keep switching up the caveats, but, um, I, and I think, I honestly, I think the Washington football team, Kyle Allen got rolling today. I know the, the Cowboys defense sucks, but he, they're, they're, they're a team that might slip into, into the mix. I don't think the giants are in it, but I think it's a three team race and the and the Washington football team has two wins over the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I think that's going to be big coming down the stretch, but, um, that's enough talk about the NFC East. We, I mean, they, they really shouldn't be getting this much airtime, even though. Yeah, they're the worst division in football. In the, I mean, it's just so bad. We're, Since yeah, the we Seahawks, to go back to like, yeah, the, yeah, the Seahawks to Bars Jackson. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Terrible. Okay, so let's start Gardner Minshew because I am, I'm legitimately, I'm upset. Okay, because uh, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a Washington State fan. Watch Gardner Minshew play balled out glad he got an opportunity with the Jags last year and then I wake up this morning and Ian Rappaport's uh, uh on my tweet notification saying my article on why the Jaguars might bench Gardner Minshew and I literally I was I was shocked I was like I can't believe that this is even they're entertaining this option um because hang on let me pull this up right here but it's it's irresponsible to put any other quarterback uh you know any any other backup or, or especially Mike Glennon yes Yes, especially Mike Glenn or Jake Lutton, who that's another guy, Ben DiNucci, like same same category, really. They're uh, Oregon State guy, seventh round pick. But it's I mean, irresponsible to think that either of those guys could do a better job than Gardner Minshew's done. I think Gardner Minshew's one of the most elusive quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and he's still getting sacked four times a game. Like you really want to put a backup quarterback in there to get killed? Because I guarantee you, the second they bench Gardner Minshew, He's coming back in because because uh, they're the quarterback they replaced him with just got hurt. He's got his head blown off and got sacked five times in seven plays. Like it's it's ridiculous. I understand whatever Gardner Minshew. You don't want him to be the guy, and I think Gardner Minshew's got a career path similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he's going to be a bridge quarterback. He's going to bounce around the league a lot. He's going to have some games that wow you, but overall, he's not going to be able to put up a big enough body of work to be consistent. And part of that is because he's never going to play on a fully complete team. I think he'll be, you know, Fitz has never played with a really great team around him, um, a great yeah. offensive line, great weapons to throw to. So he's had to create a lot on his own. But I mean, I, like, can you can you give me one good reason why benching Gardner Minshew makes any sort of sense besides the fact that you don't, you're not going to win another game? Uh, I mean, the Jaguars to me were actively tanking before the season, but I don't even know if the like I know Ian Rapport reported, but there are guys in the organization when it comes to politics and any job really that someone may have told Ian Rapport that so Gardner Minshew plays better or he has, he lights a fire under his ass. You know, I mean, sometimes people will put stuff out there like that just so Gardner Minshew sees that before the game, I'm playing for my job. He may not be playing for his job. We don't know, but somebody in the organization could have very well called Ian Rapport. Hey man, I need you to get out there that uh, Gardner's playing for his job today. Right. And like that, guess what happens? There's a hundred articles on Twitter. There's thousands of tweets that Gardner's playing for his job because one guy in a Jaguars organization, and obviously I don't know this for a fact. Mm -hmm. This is, this is just me spit on here, but I'm sure how often that happens is probably crazy, right? Cause all these guys have sources. That's how they get their news. So, and they don't reveal them. So I don't think Gardner was ever playing for his job. I, I think that was a BS source to make him play better. And he played great, but the mm -hmm. Jaguars defense is so bad. I'm, 
the, the team is so in just disarray and it, it sucks because I think Gardner, like you said, is probably going to end up be a journeyman in the NFL. Um, but he's a stud, man. Mm. You know, he's so good at making plays with his feet. He has a great arm, intermediate, long range. Like, he's good. He's just a good quarterback. He just doesn't, you know, when you have no time in the pocket to throw, I mean, you just – it's collapsing as soon as the ball snapped. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Manning in his prime wasn't doing anything when the pocket collapsed. So, mm. yeah, they're, they're putting him in an impossible – situation but that makes sense like I, i'm with you i think that's good but i will say i had gardner Minshew in two of my leagues i started him this week one of them was a super flex so i had two quarterbacks uh and i almost considered pulling him just for that very reason and especially when the the jaguars went three straight drives three three and outs i was like this is it he's getting pulled like do i need to do i really need to look at mike glennon to pick him up uh you know moving forward but he, de- he definitely pulled it together um and, and played really well but yeah, it's it, that's such an interesting like I was I was almost mad for Minshew, you know, and I have selfish reasons because I have him in a couple of fantasy leagues. But still, I mean, it was like that's it's disrespectful to a guy that you're putting out there to get beat up every single week to say, yeah, we like Mike Glennon better than you. Like, I, it, terrible. Yeah, I mean, that just it, it makes no sense. It's just disrespectful to Gardner Minshew, really. But I think the whole Jaguars organization has just kind of disrespected their players and the, if you're if you're a free agent and you're a big money free agent like why would you want to go to Jacksonville yeah the, every, every big player they've had they've disrespected let go or traded mm-hmm. oh it's true yeah you think about the the team that went to the uh, two, uh 2015 AFC championship game came a, a half away from going to the Super Bowl that year um yeah any any key guys on the defense that are still there I, I can't think of any like they're they're all gone and there's uh, and there's a reason for that um but all right, we've got a couple. We've got a couple topics now, to go through. I mean, through. AJ Bouye's gone. Jalen Ramsey's gone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, what did, I, did, did we just? Oh, are we breaking up? Are we good? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Have, I don't know what happened. A little delay there. Well, and we're gonna leave it though. We're, we're gonna give it a natural flow. This is this is 2020. This is um, podcast interviews now. So keep it natural, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it, give it some, a little earthy tone to it, but we got a couple <laughs> topics to go over here before we talk about Monday night's uh, game, and then we'll let you go. So just to swing around uh, with some of these quarterbacks, um, some, some played great. I mean, we'll start with the, the Bengals Browns game. Baker Mayfield had a terrible first half and then turned it around with one of the best second halves of f- football we've seen so far this season, including an absolute dime to Donovan Peoples Jones, a little toe tap, crazy. But here's the thing: what, what have like what Baker is the real Baker? I mean, we saw a guy who just got destroyed. Um, I mean, got pulled due to injury um, last week against the Steelers, and now we see a guy come out with an intense amount of swagger, throwing game-winning touchdowns. Like, I, I don't know which Baker to believe. Well, that's the thing, man. He's Jekyll and Hyde. He's uh, inconsistent. He'll never be an elite quarterback because he has so many highs and lows. And his highs are really high and his lows are really low. And that's why he'll never be – he'll always be in, like, the top 15 discussion, but he'll never be in that top three to four range ever, no matter if he's a Browns quarterback for 10 years. Like, he's just a guy that has high highs and low lows. And even in this – what's crazy is he did all that in the second half without OBJ. Like, Mm -hmm. he had his best performance maybe of his career in a half without his best receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And, and looking on the other side of things, well, I will say before we move on, the nice thing is the Browns have built a team in a way that that doesn't have to happen. 
I mean, I love what Stefanski's done. They went out and got two really good tackles and they got two guys who can run the ball really well. Fortunately, one of them is hurt, but they're still weathering the storm without him. Um, but I think if anything, this proved that how effective they can be when they have both those guys working. Um, but the only downside to that is when you get behind, can you rely on Baker to, to throw you out of it? Uh, or do you really have to stick to the run game? But talking to the other side of the ball, Joe Burrow had another great game. No Joe Mixon this time. Um, but they still came up short. I mean, they have to be, you, you talk about the Seahawks winning all these one possession games. They're literally the opposite. Like they're, they are the, this season, they are the reverse Seahawks uh, in terms of these close games. Where does the blame fall? I mean, is the defense bad? Is it just, um, I, I don't know where to put this. I mean, the Bengals were bad last year. They made some free agent acquisitions to make them a better football team. They are a better football team. Their offensive line needs a ton of work still. But Joe Burrow's, what, 21, 22? I mean, he's young, man. He's a rookie. Mm. And the fact he's in all he's, – he's been competitive in almost all of his games this year. And to me, Peyton, what, Peyton Manning got like 2-14 and 14 his first year, 1-15. When you get a rookie that's playing that competitive football his first year in the league, that gets me excited. It's not every not, – not, not every rookie's coming in the league, man, and just winning eight games, seven games. It takes time. Mm -hmm. The NFL is grueling. It is brutal. And for a guy to come in and just compete week after week, get hit and get right back up and double middle finger you and just, you know, F you, man. Joe Burrow is a winner. He's a, he's a gamer, right? Like, I think people were talking about if two was healthy, they would take him over. And I'm like, why? You know yeah. what Joe Burrow is. Look what he's doing. He, he, every game he's playing in, he's competitive. He's slinging that thing. He also has a really good receiving core. But I don't know. I'm just really high on Joe Burrow. And I think, man, he's going to be good. He's going to be a good one for a long time. Yeah. And even, you know, you look at guys that have done well in their rookie seasons. I mean, I can tell you from personal experience, Andrew Luck, we went 11-5 his first season. But he had, I think, seven fourth quarter comebacks. Like they were, he had to grind out every single game. And we were lucky enough to have the ball. Um, at the end of the game and, and he drove us down to win. So it's hard. It's hard to win games, especially when you have, you know, I mean, I agree with you. They've gotten better, but this Bengals team is not good. I wouldn't say they're yeah. good yet. You know, give them another year to uh, another solid draft class. Um, but yeah, no, I, it, yeah, but think about the, win. when the Colts drafted Andrew Luck, they were one year removed to Peyton Manning. That team was still a complete football team. Like when Andrew Luck walked in, Andrew Luck to me walked into a complete football team. No, see, he would, see I, I disagree because we didn't have Andrew. We didn't have, um, uh, Peyton Manning the year, you know, with it, with his neck injury. And so yeah. we had to start a combination of Curtis Painter and Dan Orlovsky. And we went two and 14, which put us in the situation to get Andrew Luck, but the team didn't get any better. I mean, we added T Y Hilton, who was a fifth rounder in that same draft class, but I don't think the team got better whatsoever. He was inheriting a, a terrible team. Like, I, I don't think it'll be years uh, from now. And I mean, I know I say this with Colts bias, but I think it'll be years. We'll look back and we'll understand just how good, Andrew Luck was the amount of wins they won with the roster they had. You look at that roster in, in 2012 and how many guys are still in the league now. And I know it's eight years, but how many, the, the length uh, of, of their, their tenure in the NFL, the guys that they had on that roster is very short. And I think that says something to, to how good Andrew Luck was, but um, I mean, yeah, no, I'm on the Andrew Luck train as well. I just think, I mean, what paid when like 13 games in the regular season the year before. Mm -hmm. Well, no, but I'm, okay. I'm saying you take him out of that yeah. roster and they're two, you know, they're two and 14 like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, and I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying so Andrew Luck is like the, was the best prospect since, mm -hmm. I mean, probably, it's probably Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. Like those are the three can't last can't miss guys. Yeah, no, that's true. And yeah, but now, now I'm just going to be sad the rest of the night thinking about 
how good the Colts would have been if Andrew Luck hadn't retired. If they had gotten Quinn Nelson a year before and beefed up that offensive line a year before, do you think he stays? I mean, if he has another year with the best offensive line in football and he's not taking those hits and getting hurt, what if? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is like It's hard to get caught up in that because I think you know he saw what could have been, but I think the damage was irreparable yeah. if that makes sense like he we had no, a good offensive line in his last season um and so it's like this is what we're building for you and, and we're going to continue to to add weapons and and you know this sort of thing but he was like i think it was too little too late even then which is which is definitely unfortunate um had a couple of things to to touch on but i don't want this to drag on too long i know it's almost one in the morning for you so one thing before we get to the monday night preview um for those of you who had lose on a touchdown as time expired on your Falcons lost bingo card. Congratulations. Come get your prize. Um, <laughs> has to be, has, oh, well, not even that it's, it's fall down. Todd Gurley fails to not score a touchdown, um, which gave the Lions enough time to drive down the field. Um, that just to add to the heartbreak. I mean, it's just that inch you like cut to the, like the picture of Todd Gurley's elbow with the ball crossing the, the line of scrimmage, but I know the Falcons blew it, but man, Matthew Stafford is good at football. The most he'll go down as the most underappreciated quarterback of the 21st century. He's in the, I mean, think about it, man. The Lions have been the biggest losers in the Browns. It's the Lions and the Browns the last 20, 25 years to me. My whole life, they've been the losers. And Matt Stafford got them to the playoffs. Yeah. He got the Lions to the playoffs multiple times. And he had Megatron for a while, who's still the best receiver I've ever seen play football. And what he does year in and year out is take damage, take hits, and continuously make big plays. No matter who's a coach, no matter who's an offensive coordinator, Matt Stafford will go down as the most underappreciated quarterback ever, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and let's keep in mind that the Lions are a DeAndre Swift drop touchdown pass away from being four and two. Like this is still yeah. this is still this year is a good football team. And we've seen DeAndre Swift take more of a role. Uh, Kenny Galladay's back from injury. It's a good group of guys. Like I, I'm not going to count them out this season yet, just because you know, really, we've seen anything can happen any any given Sunday. Um, okay, let's talk Sunday or Monday night preview. We got the Rams and the Bears. The Rams have won all four of their games against the NFC East, and we talked about how bad the NFC East is. But the Bears are five and one, and I, I, I think they're not getting the respect they deserve. But I think you know, you look at the way they've won the, these gritty wins. Um, there's questions about the offense. The defense is legit, but we haven't seen a full complete game of football from them yet. What are you looking for tomorrow night? Um, I mean, I think it's just what the bears have a good, the bears have a good defense, a good, a good offensive line. Like they have just a good core. I think Nick Foles is so much better than Trubisky for them because he can sit in the pocket and make dink and dunk throws and he doesn't try to do too much with his feet. I think he's so good for the bears. And I know people hate on him, but it's like, he could potentially be a Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Bears. Do I think that's really going to happen? Probably not. But he gives you a much better chance than Mitch Trubisky, who relies on his feet way too much because he can't sit and throw in the pocket. Um, but I think Jared Goff might struggle again tomorrow night. Jared Goff always struggles in big games, in my opinion, when he plays a pretty good defense. Uh, so I don't know. I think the Bears are going to win again, probably not be respected and not, not put in anybody's top 10. How do you deny a 6 1 Bears team? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think we were looking. Um, I'm trying to see, let me pull up their, their next, next few games, because it was like, I, I remember, cause I was talking about it again on the, on the campus cover. Cause you know, Patty's a big, a big bears yeah. fan. And we were like, all right, at what point do you start to respect them? Oh yes. This is what we settled on. So the next, so they've got four or their next five games they play. So they play the Rams, the saints, 
the Titans, the Vikings, and the Packers. So we said if they can go three and two in those games, just get a winning record, then I think they start to be put on people's radars, not before. Um, but even in these even in these next three games right now, if they can go two and one, if they can beat uh, the Bears, Saints, or Titans, just two out of those three games, I think people will start to respect them because it's two of things. Like you said, you can't disrespect a seven and one or a seven and two, what they would be bears. Um, and that's just too many wins. I mean, you really, it would take a second half collapse. And I think this team is too good to collapse on them uh, in the second half. And I'm with you. I think it's, I think the bears win. I think they continue to get disrespected because people will say, Oh, well, the Rams have only beaten the NFC East. Um, and, and so this win doesn't really count, but they beat the bucks. They held the bucks to 19 points. The bucks are taking off right now. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think the more games, the bucks win, the more blowouts, the more, 30 plus point games they have, the better that win looks. I mean, you're going to tell me like if, if they continue at this pace, we're going to look back in the schedule and we're going to see a game where the bears held them to 19 points. Uh, that's pretty good. That is very good. Um, yeah. but I'm and looking the for... Bucks are only going to get better with Antonio Brown, in my opinion. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it, I'm almost worried. There's going to be too many mouths to feed. I think they're going to run into that situation. Um, but you know, maybe they just say whatever to the run game and just start throwing it 40 times. Um, now, well, you have two really good running backs, in my opinion. Well, I say really good. I think two good, two starting running backs in the NFL in your backfield. Mm -hmm. You know, so like you said, too many mouths to feed. But Antonio Brown, still talent-wise, he might be a top five NFL receiver still. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll just be up to if he if he still got it. But I think this is going to do it for this episode. Graham, thank you so much for, for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, JT, I always enjoy it, man. Whenever you need a fill-in guest, you ever need somebody to talk football, you just give me a holler, man. I enjoy it. Absolutely. I will. I will do that for sure. You take it easy. You too, ma'am.